Welcome to the Sit Down with Sibs, where each week I sit down with some of South Africa's most recognizable faces. This week, I sit down with Sivilis Siv Ngesi at Trendy Cape Town Spots I Love the Dough, which is a Biggie Smalls inspired pizzeria. The Mother City is blessed with an eclectic mix of restaurants. Amongst them is I Love the Dough in Cape Town's Bree Street. The space is owned by Marco Picconi and Nikki Bjorn Reshka, who are no strangers to trendy hotspots in Cape Town. They're also the owners of RK Cafe, which is also in Bree Street. The bright neon pink facade of the pizza joint is likely to grab the keen Instagrammer's attention. And upon entry, it's likely to make any influencer go into potential content overload. The mirror is painted with enjoy your fucking dinner. And at the entrance, you'll see fucking Yonah doesn't like his place. If you think the potential of content for the gram stopped there, you'd be very mistaken. In bright neon pink at the back of the restaurant, you will see in bright neon lights Biggie Small's famous lyrics. It's all good, baby, baby. Siv and I keep to try out the menu today and see if the food matches the aesthetics. Today I sit down with Siv, actor, comedian, and producer. And dare I say it, polemicist of note on social media. More recently, he's done the cover of South Africa's Men's Health May issue, as well as he's a former GQ top dressed man. But to me, Siv is a mentor, a source of inspiration and a friend. But outside of the glitz and glamour of celebrity life, Siv is an activist. He's a proud ally of the LGBTQIA community, a strong advocate against gender-based violence in South Africa, and an advocate for girls in less fortunate circumstances in South Africa through his sanitary pad campaign. Today, me and Siv sit down. Siv, are you there? Yeah, I'm living the dream, bro. How are you? Good, man. Good. Thanks for, thanks for joining. Um, I really appreciate how always willing you've been to, to come on to my shows and sure, any of my projects. Sure. How's, how's lockdown been? That's probably the first question. Um, how lockdown's been? I must be honest, I'm, I've been busy as hell. I've been working every day, traveling. Um, I've lost a lot of work because of lockdown. Mm. Um, but it's been, I've been thriving, man. Mm. The, money, the bank... You know, banks are coming in and I've been working and I've been getting yeah, out mean, there as much as possible. So. I mean, I've seen from your, your social media, I mean, like, you're probably one of the busiest people in South Africa at the moment. Everyone else is locked indoors and you seem to be moving from set to set. Yeah, I think it's... The interesting thing about this industry, I think it's like anything in life. I think mm. if you put in the hard work, I think at the end of the day, it'll always it'll come through. So mm. I think, for me, I put in the hard work and I, I, I really, really pushed on and I really made sure that um, I get what I want. And yeah. I don't know what no is, Mm. Uh, failure is just a lesson and everything else is, you know, chill. What sort of work have you been doing? Because I mean, I can imagine it's probably like quite loads of restrictions. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of social media, creating mm. content, uh, shooting a TV series at the moment, doing a lot of auditions, oh, cool. doing a lot of voiceover jobs, uh, trying to sneak ladies into my apartment. I mean, <laughs> that, oh wait, that's not a job. That's just me being a typical guy who's struggling with lockdown. Um, but apart from that, no, no, I must be honest, it's, it's been quite interesting because a lot of my friends in the industry are really struggling and they're really struggling to support themselves. Mm. But I've got an interesting view on lockdown and I think a lot of people don't really agree. I feel like if you have to close your doors four months after lockdown, then you're already in trouble. Mm. That's quite a controversial take. Controversial as fuck, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. If you... And I know, it's, I, know, I know a lot of businesses are struggling and I really, really feel bad for businesses, but I had active friends who were down and out three weeks into lockdown. If you're down and out three weeks into lockdown, mm. you were never in the game. Yeah, I get you. You were never there. I get you. You know what I, I mean? And I, and I know people are like, oh my God, insensitive as f But I think the problem is if you, in South Africans, South Africans are 58 days away 
from landing on the side of the street. If, if they lost their job, if a South African lost their job, mm. in 58 days, they're on the street. But you do realize you're speaking from an immense sense of, a point of privilege, though. No, see, let's be honest. Poor people in South Africa at the moment have always been poor. They will make it work. Mm. Middle-class South Africans are now struggling to even pay rent, mm. right? Pay rent or take, get their kids to school. They're not used to struggling. But I can tell you, where I grew up in Kukuletu, people like to call me privileged. I'm a Kukuletu township, I'm a township boy, mm-hmm. like, through and through, right? I grew up in poverty. I can tell you the people in, the, in, in poor areas are making things work because they have no choice. Yeah. But middle-class South Africans are going, oh my God, it's terrible, ridiculous. They're not used to suffering. Yeah. But I repeat, South Africans live beyond their means. No, that's true. That's true. 58 days away from being on the side of the street. It's something people don't want to talk about. And, if, and I'm going to say it again. Four months, is t- lockdowns be difficult for people, and I agree. But the question is that we need to reevaluate is, we're always in trouble. We're always living hand to mouth. Yeah. That's not a way of living. Yeah, but I mean, that, that, that's a result of so many other factors. Okay, though. The other day, I, I, I think it's unfair to solely blame individuals. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Listen, yeah, the other day, I was at a house yeah. with some friends of mine. Mm. And realistically, we're all in the same kind of financial bracket. Mm. But there were four, four convertible, convertible black, um, black BMWs outside. And I was driving my mom's Hyundai, like a shit piece of car. But at the end of the day, I could afford all of their cars. Yeah. But I had a hand, you know what I mean? And they, they, we go outside, ah, Sim, why are you doing why, why is this car you? And I'm like, okay, that's all good, Dad. Yeah. But I do think South Africans spend more than they have. And I think this has exposed the cracks. Mm. And let's be, let's be honest, guys. COVID exposed cracks that were always there. Let's not act like shit wasn't, we weren't no, in trouble no, of before. Course, of course. Um, but I think it is interesting. And I, I know my point is, because I own businesses as well. Yeah. And so every t- and, and like, I've seen a lot of my favorite shops close down. I've seen a lot of them and I'm like, they closed down a month in. Mm. A month? You couldn't survive a month? Yeah. I'm sorry, and I know people are gonna be angry, but if you listen to this and it upsets you, kiss my ass. Um, and that's how, that's how, that's what I believe. And, and for me, my active friends were in trouble two weeks in, bro. So I was actually gonna ask you, like, has there been much government support in terms of, in terms of for actors and, and things like that? Like, um, they say there has been, but I don't know, I haven't been part of the- You don't I, know anyone who's, I who's, who's had I know no one who's gotten support. I don't know who's gotten support. Um, but I think I, I feel bad for restaurants because I love restaurants and I really feel bad for them. But I think a lot of them have adapted. Like, look at this great space. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like this, look at this great, incredible space. It's, uh, it's unfortunate to see great spaces struggling. Yeah, I know. But I know there are definitely spaces that are going to thrive from lockdown. I think a lot of people haven't spoken about that. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And the thing is, and the, the, the flip side of it is at the end of it is that all these places that are closing down, there's some newer and more fun places coming out at the end of it. But I think a lot of people, especially looking in Cape Town, are going to be in for quite a little bit of a culture shock because um, pretty much a lot of places have closed. Yeah, like, I mean, if you go down Bree Street, I mean, yeah. so many of these places have closed. I can see, I can, I can see people re- listening to this and going, ah, oh, Seth, how, what, oh, controversial view, oh my God. Yeah. I have friends of mine who were in trouble six months ago. Mm. I have friends of mine was, who were in trouble before lockdown. Was the, was the acting industry thriving before? Or, I mean, no, the entertainment I think, industry thriving before? I think before? even in the restaurant industry, right, people have been struggling before lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I know people who were struggling, the magazine industry. But look, I mean, look, I think, but they were, they were, they were struggling because of loads of issues. For instance, mm. like, tourism has been in the decline yeah. for a number of years now because, um, 
because we've had the water crisis, yeah. we've had the electricity crisis, yeah. we have the crime issue. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's plenty of reasons as to why potentially yeah. people would have been struggling. So I think it's maybe, it's maybe a little bit disingenuous to, Disingen to just, to just no, blame No, no, see, there it is. I repeat, I'm saying people were in before lockdown. You're yeah. saying exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, but, but you're, you're, saying, you're saying it's their fault. You're putting it solely on them. I, no, I'm saying don't act like you weren't in before lockdown. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Don't, let's not, it's the same as it's like people acting like, like a lot of rich South Africans are going, oh my God, I was hiring 20 people. You don't give a f about those 20 people before yeah. f lockdown, you fucking Yeah. That's what I, that's my view. Yeah. Now it's fashionable to go, I was hiring 25 people. No, motherfucker, you don't give a f about those 25, and you're underpaying them anyway, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Right? But now it's, Posters going, never. You didn't care about them before, but now yeah. it's fashionable to care about them. But I can tell you one thing: is that your life is not as affected as other people's lives. Mm. That's my only point. That's mm. my only point. Yeah. And and you know me. I don't care what people think of me. It's got nothing to do. Like, yeah. It's got nothing to do. No one's a shower. No, like let's be honest. Like if someone's watching this and they're offended, sure, whatever. Yeah. What I'm saying is that I think South Africa has always been. I think the world in general, people debate from their points of view. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. for example, it's, ah, oh my God, Cyril's the best president. Oh, yes. Oh, oh Cyril, to take your alcohol along now, you're like, ah, oh, fuck Cyril. Fuck Cyril, because it's Anazuma. Because now it's affecting you personally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The same with like South Africans who go, oh, this government is the most corrupt. Nigga, the National Party was corrupt. Mm. Did you leave the country then? Oh, yeah. you only leave the country now. That, that, that now it's black people stealing money, but yeah. when it was Afrikaners stealing money, you, you stayed in the country, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So people only in South Africa, people like to give perspectives from their own point of view. Yeah. Because yeah. the National Party was stealing money. Yeah. Right? And they were oppressing a minority. Mm. Did you leave for Australia? No, you yeah. didn't. Did you leave for New Zealand? No, you didn't. Mm. But now you leave because it's, oh, okay, yeah. all right. You know what I mean? So for me, I'm all about like, um, I'm against injustice in general. Yeah. I'm against, I'm against farmers being killed. I'm against farmer workers getting killed. I'm against women getting raped. I'm against anything that's an injustice, period. I'm against people mistreating gay people. I'm against anything that's an injustice. I don't care what color it is. Are you, are you still optimistic? Optimistic? After this. <laughs> I am a big patriot of South Africa, but I think we're in huge trouble. I think, I think it was gonna take us years to, to, yeah. to get out of this. And I'm thinking of leaving. Really? <laughs> Ironically, we, we the, irony, the irony of it is that, no, I'm just thinking. Uh, going I was, to Australia? No, no, no. <laughs> I was, I'm going to go to New York and LA just for six months, six months. Okay. Uh, just not, not because of the thingy. Mm. Um, I really believe in this country. I really feel like it's a country of great potential. Um, but I think we're really in a deep, deep, dark hole. Yeah. And for the first time, I think, I don't think we can get where we need to get to with the leadership we have. Can I share a controversial opinion that I have? Is that I doubt it's more controversial than my opinion. No, no, it's definitely it's not. It's not more <laughs> but um, a thought that had been occurring to me is that I think anything from this point on, South Africans deserve. In terms of, and, what, and let, me, let me elaborate on that, is that we are, we're so complicit in corruption. We are so complicit in, in the leadership that we have. Yeah. We, if you look at countries like France, they have very strong revolutionary bases. Mm. Like, if, if shit goes wrong, mm. they start protesting. Mm. 
we are now looking at 107 days or something into stage three mm. of lockdown. Um, jobs are on the decline, three million job losses. Um, and interesting, three million job losses, two million of those are women. Yeah. Meaning that women who are feeding households of two to three. Yeah. So it's a fix about 12 million people. Yeah, no, no, it's, and, it's, um, and we're still complicit. People's lives are still sort of the normal. People mm. are just chilling at home. People are just on the streets. I mean, I'm surprised things aren't burning. I mean, look mm. how quickly America, America, you took away yeah. haircuts and they were, mm. they were there in the streets. Um, so I, I think I'm a little bit disappointed in how com complicit yeah. South Africans are at the moment. And I think there needs to be a little bit more of a, yeah, a yeah, charge. Yeah. So, so for me, I believe South Africa's, South Africans are resilient, which is the best and worst thing about us. Yeah. So during apartheid, we fought for 50 years. Do you mm. know what I mean? Um, and if I was a woman in this country, if I was a woman in South Africa, I would leave. Yeah, absolutely. Because they've been hunted like, like cockroaches, mm. right? Women in this country, animals die with more dignity mm. in this country. I feel like people care more for how they kill the pigs and how they kill the sheep and the cows yeah. in abattoirs. If I was a woman in this country, I would refuse to go to fucking work. Yeah. If I was a woman, I would burn shit down. Yeah. If I was a woman, I would say, no, fuck you. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna fucking do, no. But we live in such a, our people in our country take so much Exactly. Can you imagine That's being a, a woman in this country? Can you imagine knowing that if you walk from here to there, you have to think about what you're wearing? Yeah. Can you imagine on a windy day, you're like, oh, it's a chilly, windy day, but oh, I'm wearing a dress, and the chance of that wind blowing my dress up and some men commenting is, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I was a woman in this country, I would burn shit. Absolutely. If I was the population of this country, bro, we should be on the street every day as South Africans That's burning shit. We should be burning, but the thing is, it can't just be people of color burning. Yeah. We need white people who are not scared of, oh my God, I can't go to a protest because there's no parking. No, fuck your parking, bruh. Yeah. Uber to town and come with us and cause shit, yeah. right? But it can't, this perspective can't be only, ah, they're burning shit again. Yeah. Look, I'm not advocating for, no, I, for, for bur burning burning, burning is, a figure, is a figure of speech. Yeah, I get you. I get what you it's mean. about how in Brazil, yeah. oh, Brazil, I was there once, there was a, there was a protest of millions of people. Mm. So when I say burn, I don't mean literally burn things. What I mean is that we should take to the street. We should go there, we should shut things down. We shouldn't go to work, like we should yeah. do things. Yeah. So what you're saying exactly, we have the government that we deserve. You, absolutely. We absolutely. have the government that we deserve, period. Absolutely. That's the beauty of democracy. Yeah, but I want to, I want to take the conversation a little bit because you've, you've piqued my interest a little bit. So you're very involved in women's Active, women's rights activism mm. in this country, be it gender-based violence, uh, especially the sanitary pads. I've seen mm. you did a boxing, a charity boxing match a few mm. years ago, and you've been quite active in that space. Mm. What, 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 what is the drive, or what is the moment that really clicked that you're like, this is my issue, I'm gonna drive these issues? Um, I think society, I think you judge a society on how they treat their women and how they treat their children. And the elderly. And, huh? and even the elderly. And, and the elderly, but I, I've always loved old people. Mm. Um, and I think, do you know that in South Africa, three times more men die in the hands of men than women? I repeat that stat. Mm. So if there's three of us in this room mm. and she gets attacked, do you know that three more men are killed? Which means we don't have to have a gender-based issue, we have a man issue. Yeah. Our men are sick. Yeah. Our men are flawed. 
but what do you expect with the past that we have? You know what I mean? Like, like we have a, a entirely traumatized men. Our men are traumatized. How, how do you fix it? <laughs> it's a the, complicated question, but... I think... It's just, I don't think we can fix it. There's, we can't even fix keeping the lights on, dog. <laughs> Kidding yeah. me? Like yeah. we can't even keep our lights on, dog. But I mean, do you, what, what do you think about like harsher, harsher uh, prison sentences, or even dare I say it, bring back death sentences? Yeah. Do you I think th that would solve anything? Or I think, think our society is too corrupt for that to work. To work, because only poor people would die. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think we should start small, man. I think. Um, me and you as men need to watch what we say, how we speak. Yeah. We need to call out men. Yeah. Um, we need to continuously try and prove ourselves as men. Uh, but the irony of it is that we live in a society that black people are always going, ah, white people need to educate themselves. But when it gets to when you tell black men they need to educate themselves about how we treat our women, they go, oh, it's none of our business. Yeah. We were like, no, it is your business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just against, I, there was never a clicking moment. I just, I've all, I just, I'm against injustice. Yeah. Anyone who's been mistreated, woman, doesn't matter if it's a man, gay man, anyone yeah. who's been injust, I'm against it. And then, and then your sanitary pads, I saw that you, had, you actually recently did the Men's Health May issue, oh. if I'm not mistaken. I actually want to talk more about, about that. But I saw that for every one uh, copy, mm. there was a sanitary pad donated. Mm. Mm. Uh, how, how did that work? Like, did you drive that behind? And uh, no, it was, so when I, when I initially heard I'm doing Men's Health, at, at the shoot, I asked them, I said, no, I want to do this. Mm. And they actually said yes pretty quickly. I have a charity called Menstration, um, the play on men. I name. want men to get involved a lot more in this fight against um, gender-based violence or sanitary pads. Um, and I just think it's time, man. I'm, I'm sick and tired of just people suffering. Yeah. And for me, suffering has no color. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't, if there's a white person who's poorer, I feel. If there's a black, I feel. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. care what, what race you are. And for me, I'm known as being controversial because I, I say how I feel and I, I'll put in a f there and a, a sh there and a there and I'm s there and a there. It's um, a lot of bleeping. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you bleeping? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's beautiful because they understand the passion of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think there comes a time when people need to take a stand, man. Yeah, no, and I salute you for that. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's really admirable. But let's talk about your men's health, your, your men's health journey. Because um, how did that start? When did you, when did you really start training? Um, how was your diet? I mean, sort of like also, why did you do it? Was it for, was no. it for like a little bit of a passing yourself back? Or no, no. Men's health was an entirely, unbelievably 250% ego-driven project. Yeah. I wanted it. I wasn't going to rest till I got it. And it's always been on my radar. Um, mm. it's, a, it's the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. When did you start? Well, I at least had a base. Yeah. I had a base. Um, took me about two, two months, two months, two months. It took you two months? Yeah. Oh, but you, you were involved in what? Rugby, you, water polo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, so you sort of had that was that base. I'm pretty genetically superior to most humans, I must be honest. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah. but what I went through, I don't, I don't wish on my worst enemy, I'm just honest. Yeah, but talk me through like an, an average week for you. 
well, and your diet and your gym <laughs> regimen? Were you gymming three times, two times, one time a day? <laughs> um, men's health was about six, six, six sessions of gym per day. Yeah. So in the beginning, it was five sessions, but an hour session, just like pushing, 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 pushing. Then that last month mm. was about six days a week. I was doing about an hour and 30 minutes of running per day, 30 mm. minutes walking on the treadmill, so about uh, an hour of running, 30 minutes of uh, walking. And I was doing weights for about an hour and a half as well, hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. But for me, I think you can get away with not doing that. Yeah. So I must be honest, the pictures on men's health actually didn't give justice of how yeah. I looked at the No time. Photoshop, yeah? No. None. The only Photoshop that they did was actually take away my veins, because I literally was... Just I was me. jacked. And then the picture that they picked was actually hiding how jacked I was because they, they had my arms up here because my chest, because I, 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 I'm quite self-conscious about my chest. I don't have a big chest for boxing. So my chest was, was here. So then they were like, okay, let's do it. Let's put your arms up here. And you see it hides my chest. But when you, feel, when you say, I was jacked. Like, yeah. I was like that. And then they were like, they had, they had to soften me a bit. And what were you dicing on? Oh. <laughs> I lived on egg whites, meat, fish, broccoli. Six days, six meals a day. Sure, that's, that's discipline, eh? No, no, bro. No, no, no. I hated, I remember the final month, I don't think I, I avoided women. <laughs> I avoided women because I didn't have, I didn't have, I didn't have, I wasn't on, was on carbs, I didn't have any... Yeah. And there was no energy to be able to do anything else mm. except just gym. To be able to wake up and gym some days, mm. hated my trainer. Yeah. Hated him. And, and speaking of women, you're, you're single, eh? Yes, I'm single. Still single. And if you're watching this and you think we're in a relationship, we're in a relationship. <laughs> would, you, would you ever do something like The Bachelor? Or something? They've tried. They've asked me to be in The Bachelor. Yeah. They've tried. But I'll sleep with all of those women. <laughs> Every single one. I'm the wrong guy. Yeah. For the bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> it will be called Bachelor OG Edition. <laughs> bachelor OG Edition. Sponsored by uh, Julex. Magna Mudo. Yeah. No, I get you. I get no, no, no. It's not me. I'm, yeah. I, am, I don't do public affection as well. And mm. No, but it's not my vibe. I'll be the bachelor for life. You never, no plans to settle down. No, no, I'm sure I, your mom, mom I, will be disappointed. Yeah. I have no plans to get married. Mm. It looks like the worst thing ever. Mm. Um, I want kids. Yeah. And people are gonna go, oh, how are you gonna have kids when you're not married? I'm like, I promise you, the womb and the penis work without a ring on your finger. I yeah. promise you it works. <laughs> and my God, you can have children and you're gonna co-parent. Ah, terrible. And I'm like, yeah. There are murderers, there are rapists, there are serial killers who came from good homes. Yeah. No one said the formula is a mother and a father yeah. creates good kids. I promise you, serial killers come from... We don't know what happened. He was such a good kid. Such great examples from parents. <laughs> Walks into a school, kills, flipping 50 people. Yeah. No, no. I, I... So I'm all about, I want a child. If eventually I meet a woman and she becomes my... Mm. You know, we, just if something happens, then I, I eventually, I don't know, but I'll never get married. It just, it's just not my vibe. Okay. It's man-made and religion-made, and I don't believe in a God or, or um, um, I don't believe in God. I don't yeah. believe in religion. 
Um, and I don't believe in social norms or social pressures. Yeah, I mean, it's a very millennial <laughs> way of looking at life. But I've always. Yeah. I'm not a millennial. I'm, oh, you're not. I'm, I'm, I'm 34. 34. Can I be called a millennial 34? Black don't crack. Yeah? You don't look ah, guys. <laughs> a millennial 34. Bro, I don't believe in church. My mother used to force me, bro. Yeah. The only thing I used to look forward when I go to church is the amen mm. at the very end and I walk out. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about your mother. Let's talk about the type of person that produces a sibling gacy. <laughs> they don't blame my mother. Okay. <laughs> um, I was raised by a Kosa, yeah. strong woman. Um who taught me to be opinionated. Mm. Uh, she was a principal. Um, then she just taught me to be strong and opinionated, man, I think. And then I think we clashed a lot growing up because she mm. was involved in molding this, this kid. This, this kid who's the only son mm. and first son in the family. And, you know, so yeah. I got this, I was treated like, I was treated well, man. You have siblings? Uh, to all the sisters. To all sisters. My elder sister said, my elder sister is my PA. She's like 13 years older than me. Yeah. And she said, she was like, nah, bro, growing up with you wasn't easy because we, we could see you were special. Yeah. We just didn't know what it was. So it irritated them mm. as siblings, but they could see there was something about this kid. And now that I'm older, they're like, okay, cool, this is what it was, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I was, I was really, I was, I was, I was fed, I was fed, love. Love and belief, they believed in me. Yeah, and you, you grew up in Hugeleto? Mm -hmm. And then you went to Pinelands? I went to Langa, and then I went to Pinelands, Pinelands High, yeah. And how was your experience there? Pinelands, Pinelands was the... So now I was offered a scholarship to Randabosh Boys. Oh really? Yeah, that's yeah. where I went. Yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, mm. And it's one of the best mistakes, one of the best decisions of my life not to go there. Because yeah. I think I would have been a... I would have been, been a professional sportsman right now. I would have been a professional sportsman through and through. This is what I would have been. There would have been nothing else in the world. I would have dropped my acting, yeah. right? Um, I had the best drama department in the country. Um, yeah. And so I'm glad. I, I, think, I think I definitely feel like my sports suffered from not going to Underbush. Mm. And my education suffered a bit. Like I think I would have been a lot you know, more, you know what I mean, if I got around the Bosch Boys and that culture of it, mm. uh, better rugby, better well, facilities and stuff like that. I definitely feel like there were certain things that definitely suffered. But the biggest part of me as the entertainer, as the person that I am, I got from Pinelands High. You know I mean? yeah. But I can remember the interview. Because yeah. I wanted to, because something that's very topical at the moment, it's a result of Black Lives Matter, is that a lot of these Model C schools are coming under mm. a lot of scrutiny. And I would, I'd say Pinelands falls under Model C school. Mm. What was your experience? Because I mean, you would have been in school shortly after the fall of apartheid. You should have, would have been really going through the school yeah. system. Like, when did you matriculate? 2002, Yeah, so that's pretty much the peak mm. of what I'm talking about. What was your experience in relation to Black Lives Matter? And like, I mean, did you feel like you had a weird experience there or was it quite an integrated school? Did it, was there anything like, yeah. I, I think my experience of Pylons is quite a different experience than some other people because mm. Pylons, oh, they were so good to me. Yeah. Like, Pylons was like, bruh, you're special, you know? Mm -hmm. We won't baby you, but you're special, you know? And, and then they, I got in trouble, I got in a lot of times, yeah. but they, they addressed that I had something, yeah. and then they, they, then they helped mold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I think my, my views are definitely going to be a, 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 definitely a, a privileged view on Pylons because they really did put their time and effort into me. And I, I, I'm, you know, I can't, mm. I can't act like that's not true. Like yeah. they really, really did mold me. 
I had a great experience. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, but my, uh, when did you matriculate? 15. 2015? Yeah. Now, when you matriculated, you guys knew too much, bro. Yeah. You guys knew too yeah, much. Yeah, we the thing is, it was weird. I think, I think we were literally just before knowing mm. too much. Yeah. I think so that you, one, you guys knew more than we did. Yeah, we did, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, yeah. Because like I, so recently, when all this stuff was happening, my school mm. approached me to be a part of this thing called a social cohesion mm. forum in which we basically look to address sort of the imbalances and inequalities mm. that exist in the school, mm. as well as the prejudices, the misogyny as well that exists at the school. Um, <laughs> but we did, I but knew like, there was misogyny in Randall Boys Boys before, before I, mean, I was. Yeah, anyone could have called that. But, yeah. um, but one of the things that like, I, saw, I noticed is that almost, um, sorry, immediately was that, oh, sorry, I've kind of lost my train of thought. Mm. Um, Bosch Boys? Yeah, yeah, so Randall Bosch, I'm sorry, I've lost my points. Change of thoughts. But, um, what, what, so, you said Run Boys, there's cohesion. Uh, you came back, prostituted, but what you noticed? Yeah, so what I noticed was that I was the generation or the group before being too woke. So, yeah. we knew what was happening. We knew that there were some things that were like off mm. in terms of the racism and at least our experience of it. Um, but we never, didn't have the articulation or yeah, the, yeah. Or the, the words. words the words for it, you know? Yeah. And we couldn't really express exactly what it was feeling, but we knew something was going on. Whereas the kids that are there now are very fortunate in the sense that they, they have the words and you can see that they're already doing the things. I mean, for the first time, Ronda Bosch flew an LGBT uh, flag um, at the school. Although it's a, it's a step in the positive direction, but like, I think that says a lot about the kids now. Mm. You know, the kids now are actually able to, mm. to articulate their activism, you know? Mm. Um, I think that's really, that's really beautiful. I've been seeing it a lot in a lot of places. I have another view. In, in the country. I am glad I didn't know. I'm glad I didn't know, bruh. Because why? Because it would have affected my high school experience, man. Yeah. I'll go back to high school in a split second. Same. Pylons was unbelievable. Mm. I'm glad I didn't know all the stuff and the terminologies and everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? All pilots taught me was there's a bad person, there's a good person. It doesn't matter what color you are. You're bad, you're good. You're not a black good, you're not a white good. You're, you're just good, you know what I mean? And we were against racism and we, we knew that this was wrong, this was wrong. But like, the people of this day, bruh, you know these kids, bruh, how do you even concentrate on working? What do you do? Like, it's just, I'm glad I didn't know it. Mm. And... I uh, had a great experience in high school. I had friends in Wonderbush Boys, Bishop Sachs, everywhere. And I, mm. I, I'm glad I didn't know, bro. I was, yeah. My experience would have been very different, I think. Yeah. Why, were you ever pushed to be a lawyer or a yeah, doctor my, my, or anything yeah. like that? My mom, my mom wanted me to be a lawyer badly. Yeah. Doctor, all that And you just went and went to sleep. But I faced her. I said to her, listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only doctor you're getting here is when I play doctor, doctor with ladies in my room. <laughs> then we play doctor, doctor, you yeah. know? Uh, lawyer, when I have to argue on social media. Yeah. yeah. But there's no way you're getting a doctor here or a lawyer. I knew, I can remember the day I just done a gap year in um, America. Yeah, what were you doing there? I literally was housekeeping, I was doing any anything. And I just told my mother outside uh, Weinberg, right outside of the race course, and I said to her, I'm not, she was like, okay, okay, you're back now. When are you starting? What are you, what are you starting? What are we doing? <laughs> and I said to her, listen here, girl, I am going to be an actor. Yeah. I'm going to do it and I'm going to achieve everything I want. Yeah. And when I spoke, she knew that she could 
press my sisters into things. So she pushed my sisters into tourism, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she was like, okay, shop. And then how did that journey start? Did you go to acting school? No, I've never studied. You've never done that? I have a grade 12, my friend. Okay. Grade 12. Grade 12, and then, but you just have just been acting from what? Like YouTube videos or yourself? Um, I think it's similar advice to Thank you. what I gave. Thanks, thanks. New South Africa. Um, oh, it's lovely, huh? Thank you. Yeah? Um, mm hmm. Yeah. That's um, liquor. That's good. Um, have you ever been here before? Uh uh. It looks like a little bit. Imagine this place on first Thursdays. Pumps. Pumps. Um, so this place actually is inspired by Biggie Smalls. So if you see at the back, it says it's all good, baby, baby. That was the name of the song. So that's one of his lyrics. I think the song's like Juicy or something. And then the name I Love the Dough comes from the song, the oh. Biggie Smalls song I Love the Dough. Um, and it's actually, it's actually owned by the same people who own Arcade, uh, Marco Picone and Nikki Bjorn Reshek, um, or Reshka, sorry. Um, and that's also themed like. Uh, big and small, so you'll see on the walls it says it was all oh. a dream. And it's quite cool. I think they've really sort of like nailed the, um, the sort of millennial vibe. I mean, you'll see this place all over Instagram. Um, millennials love like the, the neon pink. Um, also on the, on the side of the wall, it says enjoy your fucking dinner. Um, and then I don't know if you notice on the roof, it says fuck anyone who doesn't like this place. <laughs> so um, it's quite cool they, and they, the marketing was really like quite cheeky um, that was your sponsored post moment <laughs> sponsored content right there <laughs> um, follow them on Instagram right over here <laughs> um, but but yeah no this place is kef actually I come here I come here quite often this pizza's good let's try the salad I'm quite keen to try the salad we'll grab some pizza so this is the bee salad um, it's quite nice, it's got like, what's it got? It's got cucumber, pickled cucumber, Danish feta, greens, rocket, parmesan. It's quite nice. Avo? Mm -hmm. mm. Those little nuts are the ones you find on the trees. Oh really? Did you ever go to the Transcar? If you're Kosa and you haven't been to the Transcar, are you ready Kosa? That's a that's a fair point. Where where do we stick us up? Okay, no good. Come and kill up. Okay. You? Um, Jola, John Gong. Um, did you ever did you guys the bush? <laughs> Obviously. How did you how did you? Because I didn't go. I was oh. interested to know how did you find the experience. Mm. It's life changing. Mm. Like any experience that you have to um, overcome, it's always life changing. Why didn't you go? Um, the first reason there was a fear. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm mad enough to admit that. Um, as an 18-year-old, I was scared. Because um, you'd, read, you'd read a lot of these stories of like boys dying in the bush uh, from like infections down there. Um, as well as also, I think, being a very like white-sounding person, man, I think I was also afraid of, of that dynamic. Um, but then also, I think thirdly, but to a lesser uh, reason is that I didn't really feel that, that I needed to do that to define myself as a man. I think uh, being a man isn't defined by an experience, mm. it's a divine, defined by like how you are day to day. You know? So did you come up with that theory after you had overcome? Uh, <laughs> so, 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 so you're like, I'm, I'm scared to touch my d 
butt. <laughs> I don't need you to touch me to tell me that I'm a man. Yeah, yeah no, no. <laughs> and hell, it came third, right? Yeah. But, um, know. you know, but are your surroundings, are you, how, how black are your surroundings? Though? Not that black. Nah, See, you I see. Mean, I, went to, I went to one of those boys, like I told you. Mm -hmm. I had, um, I think I was one of six black guys in my year out of 160. <laughs> Um, I'm adopted, so I'm adopted by a white family. Are you? Yeah. Okay. But, okay. Uh, but I mean, I'm still, I still know, I still know my um, my real family or my birth family rather. How do um, you see them? I see them, especially during the lockdown. I've seen them a lot more often because obviously circumstances are a bit more dire, so to speak. Um, but I've been taking a bit more of a hands-on approach in the in the environment. Black tax, nigga. Black tax hit me hard, man. But it's just it's a reality. But it's it's cool. It is what it is, you know. Um, so why did they adopt you? My mom passed away when I was one year, one month. Um, so it's weird because like you look at that and you think, oh, that's such a tragic event. But like I think knowing knowing how mothers are, I think I was going into a better life, you know. And I think how did they find you? Um, my mom worked for my mom. Mom, yeah, my mom sort of worked for my mom. Yeah. It was complicated, but yeah, um, and that's sort of how it happened. Uh, my dad skipped out, you know, the whole thing that happens. But, um, but yeah, so I think it's, it, it threw me into a better life. I think um, I wouldn't have made the friends that I've had. So I can't really look at it too, too negatively, you know, although it would have been nice to have known my mother and, and whatnot. But I hope that at least every day I sort of make a problem. Yeah, well, I, can see, I can see how you wouldn't go to the bush. But me yeah. not going to the bush, woo! Mm. <laughs> now, for me, in my life, but definitely, it was because you don't you don't you don't get convinced to go to the bush. Yeah, it gets instilled in you over years. So for me, I was sitting New York City as I, as I ate this pizza. Imagine New York City, mm. sitting in New York City on a um, there was a subway, and I I woke up. I was sleeping in the subway, and I woke up, and I was like, I called my mom, I was like, I gotta go to the bush. Mm. And did you feel different when you left the bush? I think, I think any experience that you go through, that you have to overcome something, is, mm. it adds something to your life. How much does personal culture like, resonate with you in your day-to-day -day life? Like, do you... More than religion could ever. Really? <laughs> so you walk, breathe, closer culture every day? No, but... The same as people who are Muslim. Uh, Islam is a way of life. Yeah. It isn't a religion. You know? Yeah. Well, so as soon as something takes over your what you eat and how you your daily routine, I think that's definitely a mm. uh, a way of life. And so for me, I'm a I'm a closer man through and through. There's nothing about me that's Christian. You know? Yeah, I remember you when you spoke at my at my high school in my grade ten, yeah, I think. Mm -hmm. um, you always talked about how proud you were of your ex factor. Mm -hmm. You remember that speech? Oh. That was a good speech, actually. Actually, I met you. Yeah, mm. I think around the time you were doing you were doing decaf. Um, but you know, for me, yeah. Wait, how, how did that go, by the way? Um, like, would you ever venture back into doing a special? I do special once in a while. Yeah. I mean, I'm, busy, I'm, busy, I'm busy putting one together. Actually, during lockdown. Okay. Um, and it's more. I just want to go back to my basics of being a performer. You know, more yeah. skitty and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. When do you think we'll be able to go to comedy shows in theaters again? Yeah, yeah, bro. 
Because that, I mean, that can't be, that can't be anytime soon. But you I, know what's crazy? I don't think this year. But you know what's crazy though? If you, if you, I mean, I speak to all my mates in like Germany and England. They're dwelling. They're going to clubs. They're going to pubs. Just like things are back to normal. And it's kind of weird. Like we on, we on, It doesn't seem like we're going anytime soon. Remember, they they peaked a little bit earlier. Yeah, they, we on a winter. And, you know what I mean? So it's it's different timings. Mm. It is. I think Corona's like Corona works like fashion. Yeah. That North gets it gets a few things outfits before we do. <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. How's the pizza? It's great, man. Can't eat too much stuff, Jim. Yeah, I'm gonna eat too much off this. Mm. How do you end up here? I love them. How do you end up shooting here? I always come to the best. I have a really good relationship with them because um, I have an app. I don't know if I've told you about it. So we we do we do online venue booking. It's called GetVen. Um, so we were supposed to have launched already, but because of all this COVID stuff, um, it was, it's very difficult to launch a platform which is premised on people meeting up. Um, so they're actually one of the, our first venues that we had, as well as Arcade. So I've always had a really good relationship with them. So it made the most sense for me to start my first episode um, sure. here. But I think, um, but yeah, so I'm quite excited. I think. Because every, how every episode will work is that uh, I'll be sitting down with a celeb uh, or someone who is relevant in the certain context. Because um, I think it's quite a, there's quite a, spa- a, a vacuum or a, a gap in the South African podcast, especially in the vlog space. Um, I think a lot of people have been trying to enter it now, but I, I just don't think people are doing it the same way people internationally are doing it. Because it's working internationally. But, and South Africans are also listening to content that is not South African made. Mm. So there's a lot of like lack of relevance with... Because yeah, people have been asking me to do one for a while. Yeah, well, to, to actually do your own. Mm. I think you'd be quite good at doing your own. Yeah, time and effort. Mm. So These kind of things need consistency. Absolutely. Yeah. And my life is not consistent. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm planning on choosing out one of these every two weeks. Mm. Um, no, sorry, twice a week, sorry. Um, both in Cape Town and Joburg. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Hopefully, hopefully it can go well. Um, but yeah, dude, I want to say thank you for your time. Sure, man. Um, it's been awesome sitting down with you. Pleasure. Um, yeah, good luck with all your work. Luck is for the unprepared. <laughs>